Would you turn in the scriptures this morning to the book of Ephesians? This morning I want us to begin on something new in Ephesians 4 is our main text for it. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 and verse 7. Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he says when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but... Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. It goes on, but I want to stop right there and emphasize this. Verse 15, read it out loud with me. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. In all things, which is the head, even Christ. Notice those two words. Grow up. May grow up. Is it the will of God for us to grow up? (laughs) Well, that's the new series. (laughs) Growing up. You can see through this whole passage, he talks about this development. Let's read it again with that in mind. In uh, verse uh, 11, why he gave the ministry gifts. Verse 12, for what? Do the saints need to be perfected? Do we need to be developed? Do we need to be matured? Yes, we do. For the work of the ministry, our maturity, our development, will that affect our ministry? Will that affect the level and scope of the work of the ministry? Certainly it will. For the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. Well, how well can babies build the church? Mm -mm. The more limited one's development is the more limited their work of ministry will be and the more limited their contribution to the overall building of the body of Christ will be. Can our capacities increase? 
Can our abilities increase? Oh, yes. Yes. He said, till, verse 13, or until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a what? Now, other translations bring out that this talks about being fully developed or being mature, a mature man, a complete man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. Who is the perfect example of being mature? The perfect example of being fully grown up spiritually. Jesus is the ideal Can we grow up and be like him? It's exciting to see that. He said, until we grow up, you know, unto a perfect, a complete, a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. People say, oh yeah, when I grow up, I want to be just like Jesus. Don't say I want to be. Say I will be. It's not just a suggestion. It's a commandment. In the word of God that we are to become like him and walk like him. So say it out loud. I will grow up. I will be like the master. master. Amen. Amen. That's your call. That is. That's what the Bible says. Forgetting those things that are behind. You and I have done a lot of dumb childish stuff. But let's forget about it. Let's get it under the blood and let's forget about it and let's reach Toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. And it's in him. It's in Christ Jesus. What is the high mark? What is the goal? It's being just like him. Now, if we're not just like him in every respect by the end of the week, we're not going to give up. Right? We're not going to quit. We're going to read our chapter again. We're going to come back to church. We're going to pray. We're going to regroup. We need to. We repent. And then we're going to lift up our eyes and reach toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Jesus was no whiny baby. Nor should we be. Jesus was not childish and immature in the things of God. Neither do we have to be. We can. We're supposed to grow up in him and become Unto the measure of the fullness, the stature. Stature means full height and growth. Measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we what? Henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Are there any benefits to growing up? Boy, here's a big one. You're not tossed to and fro. And you're not carried about. With every wind of doctrine. Why are so many people so easily deceived? So easily led astray? Because they are such babies. Those who are grown up in the Lord are not easily duped. They don't swallow everything that everybody says. They don't run down the pike with every new thing that comes up. They know him. They know something about his word. They're not easily duped and easily deceived. Babies are. Right? Babies will eat anything. Mature ones won't. Babies will do stuff that's just terribly dangerous and don't even see it. Babies will play in the street. 
Won't they? They just think it's a nice flat place to move their car around. Their toy car, I'm talking about. They don't see it. Adults see it. They know the difference. He said that you no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There are a lot of people with evil agendas in this world. Sadly, some of them's in the church. And it ought not be that so many people are falling and being scammed and being ripped off and being hurt and being taken advantage of, including ministers. It ought not be. Why is it that so many are being hurt so much? They're babies. I said they're babies. They should have known better. They should have seen better, but they didn't because they're such babies. What did he say, though? Verse 15, but is there a solution for all this? But what? Speaking the truth in love. Here, before we ever get started real good, here's how you do it. Now, we're going to be able to expand on this a whole bunch, but how do I grow up? Speaking the truth in love may grow up. Man, I like those words. May grow up unto him in all things. Can you grow up in him? In all things. Glory to God. Let's pray over this new series. Father, we thank you so much for your words. How wonderful they are. We're all here before you This morning, our eyes are on you. And we're all asking you and agreeing on this thing together for utterance, revelation. Let light come. Give us all eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, our desire is what we read here. Enable us. Give us all we need and enlighten us to whatever changes need to happen so that we do grow up in you and reach our full potential and reach full spiritual manhood and womanhood in you. We ask for it. We look for it. We'll yield to it. And whatever you tell us, we won't just be forgetful hearers, but by your grace, we will be doers of it. And we know as we do, we'll be blessed and it'll happen and we'll change and we'll grow up in you in Jesus' name. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. So, this is our new series, Growing Up. We are to grow up. Look at your neighbor, tell them, grow up. (laughs) Grow up. (laughs) Now, if that bothers you for somebody to tell you to grow up, Why would it? Because some way or another, you think you already have and don't need to, which means (laughs) you really, really need to. (laughs) I think this is one of the areas where Christians kid themselves a lot. 
we'll find as we study this that the parallel between natural development and spiritual development is complete. Uh, you try to think about, well, how do I develop spiritually? It's very, very similar to how you develop naturally. One is based on the other. You know, there wouldn't be a natural if there wasn't a spiritual. And the natural is patterned after the spiritual. So you already know a lot about it. You just may not have connected the dots. But uh, in talking about development, how many know that children like to think they're older than they are? And teenagers. Huh? They like to think they're more mature than they are. Adults, can you remember when you were 15? What did you think? (laughs) You thought you knew so much more than you thought your parents thought you did. Or whoever, you know, you thought, they don't realize how mature I am. (laughs) Didn't you? Children, you ask them how old they are, what will they say? Five and a half. Almost, you know, the next year. I mean, they're always trying to round it up off on the next one. And they're big. I'm getting big. (laughs) And they may be we, but they're getting big. And they like to think, you know, and I heard one, how old were they the other day? They were five or six, and they were talking about the little kids. (laughs) Now, see, they ain't been alive. Half of a decade, and they already feel superior that they are more mature. They're talking about the little kids. Two-year-olds, you know, they're in a completely different world. And I mean, remember in high school, the difference between a freshman and a senior is how many years? And... How much difference is there? I mean, when you get 50 years old, four years difference is what? But when you're in high school, it's like they're on different planets almost. Right? I mean, you know, oh, they're freshmen. We don't associate with them. Yeah, they're the little kids. They're beneath us. Well, why am I telling you all this? When you feel that way, That is proof positive of how immature you are. And over-exaggeration of your own maturity is a common characteristic of immaturity. Looking at natural development, what is the progression? You're born into this life and people are infants or babies. So you got infancy. You got babyhood. What you got after that? Childhood, we'll say, that covers a few years. I mean, we could break it up into more categories, but you got childhood, and then you got what is called uh, adolescence. You've got the teen years. People think adolescent is a bad word. I looked it up last night, it means growing up. So I'm an adolescent. Because I'm growing up, right? And uh, after that, you have adulthood. 
You got young adults and middle-aged adults, but adulthood. Then you got elders, people that have been around for the longest elder. And, uh, you know, in talking about this subject, how many Christians would automatically put themselves in the infancy group? <laughs> if somebody said, uh, where do you think you are in your spiritual development? They go, oh, baby. I'm a baby. How many people do that? Well, then does that mean we don't have any babies? <laughs> you don't know if you're going to like this or not, do you? <laughs> but let's just back up. Do you want to grow up? Well, if you're already fully mature, I don't guess you need to. So this is a place to start. Amen. You have to see your need to grow before you're even going to be thinking right and operating in it. So like I said, most Christians, if you ask them, you know, well, where do you think you are in your spiritual development? Very few of them would look at you and say, oh, I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah, infant. No. What would they probably say? I mean, most people would, uh, you know, the teenage adolescent stage is probably about as low as they want to go. They wouldn't claim the infancy stage. They wouldn't claim the childhood stage. You're thinking about yourself now, right now, aren't you? Good. Where are you? And uh, a lot of people will think, well, I'm, you know, I'm probably not the oldest adult, but I'm an adult. Now, let me just, this is what, from my small experience, what I think about this. You don't hear me say that too often. But uh, I think it's something that could help you if you look this way and think this way. Be conservative about where you think you are. Are you with me now? Be conservative about where you think you are. And pick one of these. Pick one of these groups. Talking about you. For you. Right now. Where do you think you are in your spiritual development? Infant? Child? Adolescent or teen age stage development? Adult? Elder? Pick one. Pick one. About yourself. Are you there? Did you pick one? All right. Now back it up one whole category. <laughs> and that's probably closer to where you really are. <laughs> are you with me? <laughs> so I said, well, I was already in infancy. Well, okay. You're being honest. <laughs> I'm serious. I have some small experience in this, and from my experience, that is closer to true. That is close. Where people think they are, back them up a whole other category, and that's about where they really are. <laughs> and before we go further, <laughs> before we go further, did you understand what I said? What is a characteristic of being immature. Thinking 
you're more mature than you are. Did you get this now? And becoming bristly or offended at any suggestion or implication that you're not as mature as you were thinking. That you might need to grow up. That you might need to develop. I can settle that for you right now. You need to grow up. Everybody in this room. Everybody in this room needs to do some major growing up. We have babies everywhere. And the problem is it can be confusing to the unlearned because you got a baby, an infant, in a 50-year-old body. And that can be confusing to people because they think, well, no, they're not a baby. Look at them. They're an adult. Well, they have an adult body. That doesn't make you an adult. Now, before we go further, I'd like for you to turn to a couple of scriptures and let's see the foundation for this. (laughs) This is interesting already, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, turn with me to the uh, book of Psalms, the eighth Psalm. Said out loud, it's God's will, it's God's will for, me to grow up. for me to grow up. Does it just happen automatically? No. no, it does not. What do we see? One major thing that's a key to it speaking the truth. In love. So do we want to hold and cherish wrong ideas about our own spiritual development or do we want the truth? Do we want to really know what it is? Where we are and what needs to happen next? And it doesn't have to be hard and harsh. It needs to be in love. But we need to have the truth. And the truth, glory to God, will make us free. From the restrictions of babyhood. Babies don't get to do much. Babies have everything decided for them. Somebody else makes the decisions. Right? They don't have the freedoms and the responsibilities and all the rewards. They're under somebody else. But oh, it's good to begin to grow up. And to begin to have some real responsibility in the kingdom. And the real reward from doing it. In Psalm 8, you see a question that is asked, and I know it may seem like a little bit of a deviation from it, the subject, but it's not. It's something we need to get settled before we go further. Psalm 8 and verse 4. <laughs> a lot of people are still dealing with that. Move it back a category thing. They're just like, <laughs> they didn't like that. Well, truth will make you free. Psalm 8 and verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings have you ordained strength because of your enemies that you might steal the enemy and the avenger. Now, just because you're a baby... Doesn't mean you can't enjoy anything. Hmm? No. The Bible, Jesus said while he was on earth, you know, he talking to his disciples, he 
praise the Father. He said, because these things were hidden from the so-called wise and you've revealed them to babies. Can babies get revelation? He said, you've perfected praise in the mouth of these babes and young ones. Can babies be good praisers? Oh, yeah. Don't think if you're in the babyhood stage that you don't have anything and can't do anything. And there's nothing wrong with being a baby. I said, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with being a baby unless you're a baby after 50 years. That's not okay. Everybody's a baby when you're first born again. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're not to feel like something's wrong with you or you're behind. No, you're a baby. That's all right. But you're supposed to grow up. Grow up within a reasonable amount of time. He went on to say, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? This is the question. What is man? And we need to have some answer to it. In talking about growing up. Because if you're talking about growing up. What does growing up mean? If you don't know what a man is. And when we say man. We're not just talking about male. They are male men. And female men. He went on to say. What is man that you are mindful of him. And the son of man that you visit him. You made him a little lower. Than the angels. And you've crowned him with glory and honor. And you made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you have put all things under his feet. And he begins with the list. Sheep, oxen, beasts of the field and fowl of the air and fish in the sea. Whatever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Now. It is very important that we have clear and settled in our spirit what we are. We are not an animal that has evolved, you know, from lesser species. I know this is widely taught and widely believed, but you can't believe the Bible. Are you with me now? And believe that. We are not a variant of an ape. Notice what he says. What is man? Well, see, the next verse he begins to answer the question. What a man is. What is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? You've made him a little lower than the angels. And if you look in the book of Hebrews, you see that that has to do with a temporary thing concerning our body. Spiritually, we are not lower than angels. Right now, physically, we are. But so physically, and in our current state of life, we're at a place lower than angels. 
in our operation and existence in life. But notice what comes next. And you've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And he talks about the sheep and the oxen. Well, are angels another notch in the evolution? Huh? No. Well, then we are not another notch in the evolution from animals. Did you see this? God made angels. They are in a category of being. They are a species. He made man. We're in a different category. He made animals. They're in a different category from us. And whoever says otherwise is a liar. Because they contradict what God says. And I know there are millions of them. But you have to decide what you believe. And you need to get it settled. If, now, why am I saying this? Because if I am just a higher form of an ape, why are we going to be talking about spiritual development? It's an excuse for me to act in violence, uncontrolled sexual behavior, every other thing. Why? Because it's my nature. I'm just a refined ape man. You hear Christians talking about, well, it's that old hunter-gatherer instinct. I don't believe in any of that. Well, it's that that, that primal drive that's in man. I don't believe in that. Adam didn't look at Eve and go, ugh. Adam and Eve didn't look at God and go, ugh, ugh. <laughs> With a great thick forehead and squinty eyes and no clue as to what was going on. Like an animal. We are not animals. Come on with me now. You believe it or not? We are not animals. Darwin is a liar. I said, that's strong, Brother Keith. I know what I said. If Darwin is telling the truth, this is wrong. Are you with me now? And it's a shame that lies are taught in our schools as the truth. Unproven theories taught as fact. While this cannot be taught. It's a shame. It's a blot on our nation. And if this is really a place. That is ruled by the people. We ought to change it. There ought to be enough of us. If this is what we want. Right? And it's real simple. If we don't vote for people. And we don't put people in office who adhere to these lies. It'll change real quick. Are you with me? It does matter what you believe about these things. Because the whole thing, the whole pursuit in all of this stuff, these theories of evolution, every other thing, is to remove God. That's the whole thing is to get God out of the picture. Leave God out. 
Well, we all got to check your religion at the door. Don't bring God in here. Where we go, God goes. There ain't no such thing. It's checking God at the door. Now, we don't have to preach and try to push God off on everybody and push it down their throat. But don't tell me to check my faith at the door. No. I'm going to believe what I believe everywhere I go. Right? And uh, it is essential. What is man? What is man? Well, to answer that question, you have to answer the question, what is God? Look at two scriptures. Look in Genesis. In the beginning, when man was created, God made different species of creatures. Didn't he? You see in Genesis. Now see, that's Darwin's title of his book, isn't it? Origin of the Species. Here is the origin of the species. The book of Genesis. Right here. This is where the species began, became. God created the heavens and the earth. He created the stars, the sun, the dry land, the seas. And he, verse 20 and 21, he created the whales and living creatures that move in the sea. He blessed them. Verse 24, he created cattle. Now let's just stop right there. Why would he need to create cattle if the fish are going to evolve? Just give it some time. It's the same reason why fish are not evolving into cattle today. And why the missing links are yet missing. They're in a different category. They are a different species. Fish don't turn in to uh, animals that roam the earth. They're fish. And they will always be that. Well, what about, you know, what happened, you know? But Darwin went to this island. You know where he saw all these creatures that had adapted to the environment and evolved. And after a few months, you know, he wrote his great theory. All that means is that God in his greatness has enabled us with tremendous adaptability. We have have adapted. Animals adapt. We adapt. Your body is amazingly adaptable. And generations adapt. But that's not the same thing as evolving from one species to another. Fish don't evolve, never have, never will, into land mammals and animals. No. And it goes on to say, he made the cattle, creeping thing and beast after his kind. See, he had to create each one of these, didn't he? If they're going to evolve, just leave them alone. Give them some time. They don't, they never have evolved. They never will. He had to create each species, each category of creature. That's proof positive they don't evolve. And he went on, verse 26, then he said, let us make man, how? In our image, well then these people, these godless evolutionists are saying that God has evolved from something else. 
What did he evolve from? God did not evolve from any less or anything. You either believe in him or you don't. And in, what do you believe about him? You got to believe this book. That's what we have. He has always been. Your head doesn't understand that, but you can believe it. It's even humorous in the prophets. He talks about, he says, uh, talks about any other God. He says, I don't know of any other God. God said this. I don't know of any other gods. He's like, God thought you knew everything. I do. (laughs) God has a sense of humor. He really does. And it's a big one. What does that mean? (laughs) There ain't no other gods. If there were, he'd know about them. (laughs) Let us make men. Now let's hold on. We have fish. We have animals. We have beasts. If they're going to evolve into men, why create another species? Just give it some time. And man will evolve from these beasts that have already created. No, you have to create man because man is another species, another category of being. That's why he had to create each group. It's a lot of creation we're talking about here. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And uh, see, some people try to say, well, you know, the fish is my brother. (laughs) I was once a fish myself. And so how could I pretend that I'm over him? No, go ahead and catch him and eat him because he ain't your brother. some confused people. Do you understand? Confused people. When you believe all this junk, it's like you're killing a relative. Hmm? I couldn't eat that deer. He might be my second cousin. Far removed. Because we all come from the same thing. No, we did not. No, we did not. Jesus ate meat. He ate fish. He ate mutton. (laughs) But we're having fun, aren't we? The reason I go through this is because people, even so-called Christians, they get these ideas in their mind about what really being spiritual is. And if you're really spiritual, you're a vegetarian. If you're really spiritual, but now you don't get any more spiritual than Jesus. Right? You don't get any more spiritual than him. So anything you try to come up with that's different from that, you're off and you're really way more immature than you realize you are. Jesus is our ideal. We've got to get our thinking straightened out because I'm telling you, this evolution stuff has been pushed down our throats. It has been pushed off on us from every corner. It's on every science channel. It's in every book. It's in every university. It's in every grade school. It's everywhere. It has permeated our world. And it has affected us more than we think. You see that stuff long enough without realizing it, some of it begins to get off on you. No. What is man? Man is a unique 
creation of God. We have not evolved from a lower species. Now turn with me over to the book of John, the fourth chapter. We have been made in the likeness and in the image of God. How many think that is very high? Hmm? We have been made in the likeness and image of him. Well, what is man? Well, then, so if we're made after his likeness and image, we have to ask the question, what is he? If we're made after his likeness and image, what is God? John 4, verse 24. What does it say? John 4, 24, said out loud, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. He's a spirit. Spirit is that which is not seen by the natural eye. And so people think because you can't see it, it doesn't exist. Can you see air? Take a breath. It's there. Move your hand through the air. Did you feel it? Move it real quickly like with a backhand. But don't hit anybody. Did you? <laughs> you see people. Did, what, did you feel something? What do you feel on the back of your hand? Where is it? Can you see it? But it's here. It's here. It's real. Air is not nothing. Air is not nothing. Air is just as real physically as water. They have very similar properties. And fish, you know, water, they live in water like we live in air. Just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not real and doesn't exist. Well, just like you can't see the air, you can't see spirit. But it's real. I said spirit is real. Just as real as flesh. And the reason we're talking about this is because man is spirit. Made in the likeness and image of God who is spirit. And there is no growing up without growing up in spirit. Sometimes people kind of try to leave the impression, well, I've developed in my mind and I've developed in my soul, but I'm kind of behind growing up spiritually. Uh-uh. No. You don't grow up without growing up spiritually. Right. Just because you got a head full of facts. You know, we talked about wisdom for some time a while back. You can have all kind of info. That doesn't mean you're wise. Right. You got multiple degrees. Doesn't mean you're wise. We're talking about really growing up on the inside, growing up in spirit. That affects your mind big time. That affects your soul and emotions big time. There's no such thing as somebody that's a spiritual giant and an emotional basket case. Boy, they're real strong spiritually, but emotionally, woo. (laughs) Then they're not strong spiritually. 
this is going to be more interesting than I thought. <laughs> no. When you grow up in your spirit, we already got through reading that in our text. What happens? No longer tossed about. You see that? Carried about. Well, what does that mean? If you're no longer tossed about, what is it? You're solid. You're stable. Oh, hallelujah. That's your feelings. That's your mouth. That's your actions. You're stable. Mature people are stable people. People are changing every other day. I don't care how much they talk in tongues. I don't care how many scriptures they quote. They're babies. That they're just flip-flopping and they're here and they're there. Some of the people that think they are the most spiritual are the biggest church hoppers. Why? Because everywhere they go, people are not spiritual enough for them. Now, let's turn this around. Well, they have hypocrites over there. You ever heard that one before? Oh, there's too many hypocrites over there. What can you tell from this? They have a really high estimate of their own spiritual development, which is an indicator of what? Immaturity. Childishness. My father in the faith, who's in heaven now, Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., who I consider to be a mature man as he walked the earth. He used to say this all the time. He said, the more you learn, the less you see you know. <laughs> Do you see what that is? What is that telling you? Somebody who is maturing, they don't have an inflated idea of their own maturity. Every day they're finding out how immature <laughs> they really have been. That's a sign you're growing. You're developing. You go for months at a time and don't see anywhere you need to grow. (laughs) You are a baby in the dark. (laughs) Help us, Lord. We may have to come early and have special prayer before we, we have these. But you know how I am. I'm on it now, so... We just going to stay with it until we get where we need to go. Right? And I, for one, am stepping up to the line and say, here am I, Lord. I want to grow up. I want to show me what I need to see. If it ain't pretty, I still want to see it. Let me see it so I can deal with it. So we can get it changed. I want to grow up. You think dealing with issues about growing up are tough on you. Let me tell you what's tough. Wasting half your life, still being a baby 20 years from now. That's what's tough. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. I got a couple of more scriptures. Can you handle them? Ephesians, well, let's see. 1 Peter 3, and then we'll back up to Ephesians 3. 1 Peter 3, then we're going to Ephesians 3. What is man? Man is not a bird. Man is not a donkey. Man is not a dog. Man is not a form of an ape. Mrs. Well, just look at them. You know, there's a similarity between us and apes. We both have arms and legs. 
So do cats. <laughs> Some kind of toe or nose or don't prove a thing. But if you don't have enough sense to know you're in a different category from a cat, you need some help. We're in a different category from dog. Let me tell you one reason why we know. Because dogs are not running the country. Dogs did not put a man on the moon. Dogs did not invent computers. Dogs want to run rabbits and eat and sleep and scratch just like they did a thousand years ago. (laughs) Exactly the same. We were created in another category. Hallelujah. Physically, just under angels. But spiritually, not even under angels. I won't go into it, but there's a whole realm of scriptures that talk about that. The Bible says we shall judge angels in the future. Soon and very soon, we're going to get a major upgrade on this body. Oh, come on now. And then we won't be inferior body-wise to angels or any other creature. Oh, glory to God. God did something for us when he made us, folks. I'm telling you, he made us like himself. And he's something. He's something. We're not animals. People act like animals sometimes because they don't know God. Babies act goofy and emotion ruled and flesh ruled. But it's because they hadn't grown up. Don't know who they are. Let's grow up. Let's be like Jesus. Let's operate like him. Like a mature son and daughter of God. And let's honor him. Like mature sons and daughters can. Can you say amen? First Peter 3, are you there? First Peter 3. Talking about godly women. I'm so glad I'm married to one. Glory to God. Godly women. And says, verse 3, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plaiting of hair, wearing of gold, putting on of apparel. I've seen some people take that verse and preach against wearing gold. Well, why don't you take it all the way? The next part says putting on of apparel. (laughs) If it's wrong to wear any gold, then it's also wrong to wear any apparel. If you're going to interpret it like that, no, you got to look at the whole context. Don't just grab a phrase and build your own doctrine with it. No, no. Don't let it be the what? That outward. Everybody say outward. Outward. Fixing the hair, wearing jewelry, clothes. But verse 4, but let it be what? The Read that out loud. The hidden man of the heart. There is an outward man, and there is an inward man. The outward man can't exist without the inward man. But the inward man can exist without the outward man. You do not have to have a living body to exist. You will exist just fine 
without a body. Now that sounds a little strange to us because we've never experienced it. All we've ever known is life in the body. But soon and very soon, Lord Terry's is coming, we all going to find out about life outside the body. And no, you won't turn into an angel. And no, you're not going to roam around and haunt your house. Somebody <laughs> well, now I saw old man so-and-so shaking the chain and roaming around. No, you didn't. Well, I know what I've seen. No, apparently you don't know what you've seen. If you did really see something, you saw an evil spirit impersonating a dead person. If you really saw anything. And you got to remember we have authority over all those. When people die, they're out of here. They don't roam the cemetery. They don't roam their old stomping places. They're out of here. When you lose your body... You're out of here. You go up or you go down, but you don't hang around. (laughs) Well, it's true. (laughs) We needed to laugh just a little bit right there. (laughs) You are a spirit. Made in the likeness and image of God who is spirit. For you to develop, you have to develop in spirit. You have to grow up in spirit. Or elsewise you don't grow up at all. And physical development is automatic with normal health in time. You're going to grow, well you know, whether you try to or not. You're going to grow from childhood to, I mean infant to child to teenage to young adult without even having to try to do that. It's going to happen. But uh, spiritually, not so. Spiritually, you have to be fed and you have to be exercised in your spirit. And so this is important and it hasn't been taught. Said out loud, I'm a spirit. I must grow up in spirit. I must grow up spiritually in the Lord. Go to Ephesians, and I think I'm closing with this. Ephesians, is there an outward man and an inward man? Well, uh, I tell you, before you read that, go to 2 Corinthians 4. Do we want this established? Can you tell we're laying a foundation today? 2 Corinthians 4, then Ephesians. 2 Corinthians 4. I think I'm almost done here. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our what? Outward man perish. And it is. We don't sometimes like to think about it. But uh, you got older while you were here this morning. And really this body is dying. We don't like to think about it sometimes, but it's dying right now. The whole earth is dying. All the earthquakes, the tsunamis, the weather, this whole planet is groaning and travailing. Why? Because sin has messed it up. 
The curse is in the earth. And this thing, somebody talks about save the planet. We're not going to be able to save the planet. That doesn't mean you've got to see how quick you can pollute it. But uh, the planet in its current state is not going to make it. Nor is the sun. Did you hear me? Nuh-uh. It's a matter of time until this thing goes. Everything on it is dying. The vegetation, the animal life, and our own body is perishing. Now you don't have to get depressed about that. Because the next verse. What? But the what? The outward man is perishing. But what? The inward man is what? Is renewed. Day by day. You can't age in the inner man. You can't get old. You can mature. You can grow. So even though you may think it's a negative thing getting older physically, spiritually, there is no such counterpart. You can't age and get old Spiritually, you can only grow and mature and develop or just stay a baby decade after decade. The inward man, what's happening? Being renewed. There should be a daily renewal. And if that's going on, there's going to be excitement because it's new. There's something new in me. What does it mean, renewed? Take away the re and you got what? Well, the reason you say re is because there was some new yesterday. And we got some new today and new tomorrow. Some new, what? New growth. Oh, come on now. New growth. Hallelujah. It makes life exciting. And married people get to wake up with a new person every day. It's just so old and boring being married to the same person. That's because you ain't doing it right. You're just getting old and crusty and not developing spiritually. No, if you are growing, then there's something new about you for them to love and appreciate. And there's something new in them for you to love and appreciate. And if we're really like God, how many know He's new every day, every morning? His mercies are new, His revelation. He is new because there is this newness of life. Whoo, glory to God. The Bible talks about newness. Of life. Say it out loud. New. 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 Renewed. New. Now in Ephesians 3. Glory to God. This growing up is a good thing. I'm telling you. It means newness. New growth. New development. Ephesians 3. He taught us to pray this prayer. Ephesians 3. And 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory that I might say that never run low or run out. To be what? Strengthened with might by his spirit. Where? Is there an inner man? There's an outer man. There's an inner man. Peter called him the hidden man of the heart in the Writing to the saints at Corinth, he talks about the outward man, 
the inner man. Here he says it again. Is there an inner man? Yes. Yes. Does this man need to grow up? Just like the body grows up. Does the man need to grow up? See, we've got a lot of people that's 67 to 80 years old and they've never been born again. Have they grown up? You can't begin to grow up till you get born again. That's the birth of the spirit man. Right? Your spirit is born again and now you're supposed to grow up. Then the Bible says, newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. 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 But you've got to be born before you can grow. So there's no way that spiritually dead people are growing up spiritually. They've never begun. But then we should. I said we should. And how do you grow up? Desire the sincere milk of the word. Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. You can go to church for 50 years. And if all you hear is a, you know, excerpt from this writer and Edgar Allan Poe poem and uh, something about politics and you see what I'm talking about? You're not going to grow. Amen. You're not going to grow spiritually hearing that and people's theories and opinions and ideas. But oh, when you hear yeah. the sincere milk yeah. of the word of God yeah. and develop and grow where you can get into some of the meat. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Of the word of God. Yes, you're going to grow. Because yes. you're being fed. Yes, oh, you're being your spirit, not just your intellect. You're not just bouncing off your eardrums. Your spirit, the man on the inside, is getting fed. And when that part of your being is getting fed, it affects everything else, everything else in your life. I'm believing God that right now, today marks a point where we are coming up into a level of feeding of our spirit. Come on now, of feeding of our spirit. To where we, you know, you see in plants and in kids. I mean, you see kids and they grow and they grow. But all at once they'll take a spurt. Anybody know what I mean by that? A spurt. And grandma will see them in two weeks and go, boy, I think you've grown an inch since I saw you two weeks ago. Growth does come like that. Faith Life Church is in the beginning of a spurt. A growth spurt. Where we're just going to reach out I and mean, do some major growth in a short amount of time. The Lord told us, you know, a couple of years ago, didn't he? He's growing us up quickly. Thanks be unto God. Somebody stand up and say, it's happening to me. I'm growing up. I'm growing up quickly. Hallelujah. Let's praise God for it. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we glorify you. Oh, thank you, Master. 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 Hallelujah. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him, Lord. We praise You. We praise You. Oh, thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Pray it out loud. Father God, we submit. To your words, your way, your will, it is your will that we grow up. Thank you for showing us how. We are willing to change. We are willing to do whatever you say to become all that you've called us to be. To your glory, in Jesus' name. 
Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.